Hello, everyone, and welcome to Writer's Block Podcast. I'm your host, J.R. Havlin. Tonight's episode brought to you by Masking Tape, easily in the top five of most underrated tapes. My guest is Lisa Ann Walter, and you're in for a treat because Lisa Ann Walter has been around the block, um, but not in the way that you might be thinking, although probably, you know, now forget about it. I mean, like, in a good way, like in that she has a lot of direct hands-on experience, which also, now that I hear it, might be a little misleading. This is not coming out right. I should just start over. I don't know why I don't. This isn't live. I don't have to keep this just because the mic is on. It doesn't make it... Look, she's a seasoned and savvy businesswoman. That's what I'm trying to say. And on top of that, she's a very funny comedian, an excellent actress, a tremendously hardworking writer and producer, and I'm happy to say one of my very, very dear friends. There's a lot of great stuff on pitching in this episode. It's something Lisa has a very specific approach to. So you go in for a pitch and and ostensibly to talk about one or two things. And then as a comic, you read the room, right? A good pitch, a pitcher, will always read the room. You got to take pick up what they're laying down in terms of what their needs are, because they just had a meeting. You don't know what the meeting is, but they just had a meeting with their higher ups, and their higher ups said this: "Bring us ethnic. Get me this. We yeah. want all urban shows down. Right. Urban is selling. Okay, so you find out what they want first, then you tailor the pitch that you've already got ready to reflect what it is they're asking for, and then you said they go, do you, have, do you have that? Sounds great. Do you have anything on that? Can you send us treatment?" Yeah, and we're going to send it through my people when we get home. Then you go home and you take the, the pitch that you were working on, sort of the whatever it was. That the you, one that the is bones. not exactly as you, as you presented You it. include the stuff that they talked about, mm-hmm. and then you send that in. Well, your people send it in. Now, here's what you need to know. Ah, I got you. For that, you have to keep listening. It's called a hook. You're hooked, and I'm a hooker. God damn, so much of this intro sounds weird out loud. Anyway, Lisa and I talk about a lot of things because we're old friends and we had some catching up to do, but we stay pretty focused on comedy writing and producing, including the many tricks to balancing a lot of different projects at once, which Lisa is a pro at because she does it every day. Lisa also walks us through the unpleasant but potentially all too common experience of having your pitch rejected and yet soon after that appearing on television almost exactly as you had pitched it. Hmm, curious that... This episode is definitely not all glitz and glam, but what is, right? I mean, besides the Academy Awards, of course. It's Hollywood's biggest night! This is episode 34. My guest is Lisa Ann Walter. I'm J.R. Havlin. You're part of the writer's block now. Good choice. Like we're doing a thing. Do you watch The Kroll Show? Uh, I've, I've watched it. I don't watch it on a regular basis. I've seen a few of them. I like it. I do too. Yeah. It's funny. Good. It's, he's funny. Yeah. He's, I, I, the, the nuance of. Your phone dog is barking. I know. The nuance of what he says about reality television and it's like endless derivations and self cannibalization and, you know, spinoffs for no good reason other than a character is like horrific is pretty spot on. Man, and I like, enjoy it. I like your like dissection of the Kroll show. I know, but I mean, dude, not just that it's funny and the a characters philosophical are funny. look at the Kroll show. Yeah, but I mean, I like the characters like Bobby Bottle Service. You know, I like those oh, yeah, guys and the Cesar. I like his characters, but more, 
I like more having worked in reality, like what it says about how. Well, I've never, I've never up. met him, but I, I listened to a podcast with him, and maybe uh, one of his writers or uh, or somebody else on the show, and uh, a creator. Um, or something. He was great. I th- I thought he was great. He was really interesting. Super to listen smart. To. Like, yeah, like he's not just some no. You know, but not girl, that I thought he was, but I didn't. I the knew, girl I knew that's on the him. show, it, Jenny it, Slate. No, not Jenny. I, who I adore. That Les and Les. That that oh, yeah, publicity yeah. thing. Yeah. Based off her name. Well, names. that's Jenny Slate. I know. I know. I love her, but not. That's not the one I'm going to tell you about. The other one, uh, Tess Broussard is her name. She's uh, plays the Doctor Armand's second trophy wife. Oh, yeah, wife. that's what you were talking the, about. The yeah. Asian one. That she, right. I met her yesterday. Yeah, she's hilarious. Yeah, there you she's, go. She's nuts. I Say love, hi I, for me. Hi. I feel like we'd get along, me and her. Oh, you. Oh, you mean to Tess? Yeah, I will. I will say hello to you. Oh, you. You, I know. she'll I'll love you. you. This is this will will be your entire interaction. Hi, hi. It's so nice to We're meet you. Hands. Hi. We're shaking hands. Oh my gosh, I, you work. Where? Thank are they? God you at least let go of my hand. It would be one of those where oh, people that don't let go of yeah. your hand. No double like handed shake. The Bill Clinton <laughs> handshake. <laughs> the worst. Hi, and stroke you. The worst. Please I'm let stro- go of my stroking hand. you. No. Please let go. Hi, you work on the Daily Show. Hi. Especially like. Are you the executive producer? And then you know, when you, she finds out you don't make $75 million a year and you don't manage a hedge fund, yeah. it's like, oh, you know yeah. what? I think my oh, I, boy, I've got to wow. go. I've, it's been great. Uh, the worst thing about that, like the the, the the shake hand and then hold the hand, mm-hmm. was you just did it to me. In, right. W- because you were so you deep just, in character. Right. I, was, I actually made the like Attempt. release my grip and pull away and you... <laughs> grabbed it back and pulled it back into yeah, you. Yeah, exactly. It's a perfect thing. It's horribly uncomfortable. It is horribly uncomfortable. So bad. Um, Especially when people do it and you don't understand their intention. <coughs> oh, God. If people, do, if people do it and you're like, if you get that they're trying to sleep with you or they want something from you, that's fine. Mm. But if they're doing it just because I just they're, assume that going I'm using in, air usually. quotes, warm, that they want to sleep with you. Regardless of their behavior. Or if they're a man or a woman. or It just seems natural. <laughs> I'm here in Los Angeles. That's where I'm at. I'm in uh, the. We'll get to that later. This I'm with one of my favorite people in, uh, in, my, in my adult life. Known her for a very long time. A, a comedian, actress, a writer, a lovely woman, loving Thank mother, a very funny lady, a hard worker. Thank you. And one of the people that I go out of my way to see every time I come to Los Angeles, without question, ladies and gentlemen, Gwyneth Paltrow. Say hi. hi. Hello, hello. It's really? so oh, nice to be. You just went ahead and gave her an English accent. Well, yeah, I'm going to figure. She's got one by I'm going to figure that she's going to go the pretentious mad route at some point if she hasn't already. Lisa Ann Walter is my guest. Uh, fantastic lady. We're in Lisa's closet, are we not? <laughs> we are. We should do like this is almost like seven minutes in heaven kind of thing, right? Or yeah. a spinoff podcast. So, <coughs> you want some water here? I brought some. Oh, okay, yeah. Thanks. Uh, I a, just I start. I, I've had a cough for a while, but it doesn't bother me. And then I turn the mic on, and then I start coughing all over it. It's That's weird. either nerves or earthquake spores. Mm. It's one or the other. There's a thing called earthquake spores. I'm going to go with earthquake nerves. <laughs> so, you know I what? I feel like I, it's a combination. I have them constantly in L.A. I'm looking at some crazy shit up in here. Some uh, well, That I've looks hidden. like a heel to me, but it also looks like a weapon. I've hidden... Mo- oh, well, it is. I've hidden most of the um, untoward things. Oh, this thing? Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. But no, that's like are, a joke shoe, These right? are crazy stripper shoes. No, I'm going to take a picture. You can oh, post it on your right. podcast. Yeah. Um, these are shoes that I actually wear in life. Yes, I did get them. But I mean, Hollywood where would Bully you Bar. wear that? Anywhere where I want to be taller because it makes my ass look smaller. Mm. That's my secret. I don't dye it, as you know. It's no. just big hair and big shoes. Right. That does it? Not really. That's you, a crazy Do you see me working thing. a lot? 
You know, my favorite line from this 30 Rock, and they're like, costume. just hold that for Here, one I'll second. Yeah. Um, my favorite line from 30 Rock is when Jack Donaghy, uh, Alec Baldwin's character, says, an actress has to be 20 pounds underweight or 60 pounds overweight. Anything else is just bad TV. <laughs> and that is absolutely true. I have to get it in the light. Okay, ask me anything. What do you want to know? Well, we're just, we're just trying to, yeah, I don't know, you accidentally took a picture of this crazy shoe that she actually wears. So I commend you on that. It is accessible. It's I've not been like wearing, buried somewhere. I've been wearing high heels mm -hmm. since I was 13 because I never really grew past, okay, I think it says on my records. <coughs> or it, <coughs> it, there it is. <coughs> there it is, folks. Did it went? There it is, blockheads. All right, now I got to wash it down with your water. I am not drinking out of that now. Mm -mm. Um, I never grew really past five foot three. This is some good podcasting, baby. Isn't it? Mm. It's scratch and sniff. Um, I never grew past five three and change. You're five three. Yeah, I lie and say five four yeah. on my. If you Google Lisa Ann, well, well if you Google Lisa Ann That's measurements, adorable. You you'll just get got more adorable. I did. Yeah. I'm a teeny person. <laughs> five three. Yeah, the, hence the shoes. You yeah, I don't I like can, being short. I understand short. now. I get it. I never liked being short back in the day. Uh, I Lisa, never and, until this moment. I never fully embraced the plight of the tiny woman. I am so small and yet round and curvy. Mm. But well, and so is Lisa Ann, the porn star. Her measurements are way bigger than mine in the chest area. So sometimes they attribute that to me, but that's not true. There's a Lisa Ann who's a porn star? Oh, absolutely. Okay. She's very Her name popular. Is Lisa Ann. Do you know how I gauge my um, standing in this business, in the industry? By how many followers each of you have on Twitter? No, IMDb Star Meter. If okay, I am yeah. above hers, I feel all is right with the world. Even though I have to say, to be fair, I only take it in the ass metaphorically in this mm. business. Yeah. Shen. Hers isn't right. The end of that. Um, but as long as your star meter is above hers, then I'm. I'm. I feel like I'm still solid. Like, whole, like I didn't make the wrong choice in not doing a sex tape. Right. Because I could have. Right. Probably not now. No. But at some point I could. No. I think. Yeah. I. I think we. At the best, nanny and the parent trap. As far as, as far as entertainment value is yeah. concerned, for others, the best we could have done with the with the uh, technology sex. in our era is a, is a sex like eight track. Yes, like you know, like real to there real. Would, there would be little breaks in it. Yeah, and stuff, it's like know? hang on, let me flip yeah. the tape. Yeah. <laughs> well, that'd be that's that's pretty good. Yeah, that's that is good. actually good. That's, See how we write together? So yeah, that's forty. That's that's a, that's post forty five minutes. Wow, so, yeah. that's a uh, night I'll, with I'll a nanny. It. That's what that would have been called. So anyway, when I was a kid, I was super short and I hated it, and my self esteem was all wrapped up in. I was a fat kid, mm -hmm. and once I lost the thirty-five pounds when I was thirteen, and got At the five-three. Wow, yeah, that's a that's a chunk for a five-three. Thirty-six. Three. Well, you know the song "I Like Big Butts" and I cannot lie. I think no, they I've wrote that about that. me. It's a song. It was back in the day. That, you, when yeah. that comes on, every girl with even five pounds extra anywhere runs on the dance floor and screams, "That's my jam!" And then they all like just start popping it oh, oh, and twerking. Hmm, boy, wow! I don't want to go to this place you're describing. <laughs> I just tell me it's where everywhere. it is so that I can go everywhere it. in the entire country. I understand. So that was my self-esteem was wrapped up in if I was going to be short and curvy, I needed to, to put on the heels and hence a comic is born. <coughs> oh, plus so, my daddy left. <clears throat> oh boy. Jeez. We're really getting into it. We're at the end of the show. That was it. I just told you everything. The, well, let's, uh, this is uh, this is your route into uh, standup. Yeah. Lisa and I met uh, uh, on the standup scene in at uh, the New Eagle York City Tavern. And, at the Eagle Tavern that I ran with Danny DeVito at the time, Danny Vermont now, writer mm -hmm. for uh, Bill Maher. Do you know how excited my children were when I told them that I knew Danny DeVito because they're big fans of Always Sunny in Philadelphia. Yeah. And yeah, they're like, uh, there's another Danny DeVito. And I said, yeah, I know. And they were like, but it's not the short one. And I said, yeah, I know. 
And they were like, how do you know? And I said, because I worked with them for like eight years. Oh, oh, you're, t- oh, you're talking yeah, about, the, wait, uh, so they were excited because they thought wrong about who you know? But they were still excited that I knew yeah. somebody named Danny oh, DeVito. That well, that's not his name anymore. He changed it for, you know, for purposes of not being Danny DeVito. <laughs> right, right. Why Vermont, though? Um, it's his mother's maiden name, I believe. That's somebody's name? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm going to change my name to, like, Lisa Ann Michigan. No, don't do that. Okay. No. So, go ahead. What was your question? I mean, uh, what was your d- statement? Well, I wasn't. We were talking about just uh, uh, doing stand-up in the... Um, here's one of the things that I've, uh, uh, you know, liked about you all the time, ever since way back when I first met you, uh, and uh, and your life now is a reflection of it, I think, uh, um, that uh, your longevity, that you've always, like, worked tremendously hard and just been a really, really focused on doing your work Thank and you. doing it well and... And focusing on what you can do next, and that's super important, and not something that a lot of people uh, have in this business. I mean, you have hustled like crazy for many, many years, and you deserve everything you have. Thank you. You're very sweet to say that. And I will say two things about that. Number one, I never thought you liked me, so I'm yeah. really happy to hear it now. Well, that's many the years whole later. hard to get vibes. I know. That's the whole like, it, like if. <laughs> I mean, I thought, I figured you did because you came out to my house in Jersey and nobody ever did that because yeah. I had the kids. Nobody Even had kids. Even after that, you're like, this guy doesn't like me. Yeah. And you were like, what, babysat, you babysat my kids. Yeah. yeah. And you, you actually came out and hung out. So at some point I figured that you <coughs> at least tolerated me and then you came out and stayed with me when you, yeah, but that could just be needing a place to stay. Yeah. I'm always going to bargain with myself that maybe they don't really like me. Um, that's the comic. But I appreciate what you said about the working hard because- a lot, a lot of people work hard and, and really hard. And everybody says once, once they make it and they're accepting their awards or they're doing their magazine thing, well, I, I knew I just could never give up. I always was going to make it because I was never going to give up. And I've had that work ethic, um, crazy German French father. And, you know, we will finish the yard by your, the end of the day. Your dad didn't have a German accent. No, but in my head, he did. <laughs> His attitude was very German, even That's though they're right. Alsatian Everything people are German. Was, yeah. yeah. So I, I think the always finishing something has to do a little with that and has to do a little with a, a chemical imbalance that's yeah, kind right. of like a specific OCD. Well, that's interesting, isn't it? Because like you have kids and the, the you know, so many people that we know because we're in comedy uh, may not have had the most nurturing childhoods. Right. Um, and I had kids for as long as you guys all yeah, knew me. Right, exactly. I didn't even do stand up until the until my son, my oldest You were was the what housewife? 18, housewife from hell. Housewife from hell. <laughs> and and thank God for my ex that watched kids. And there weren't a lot of mothers doing it at the time. I mean it was there was <coughs> yeah, Roseanne yeah, right. and and Grace under uh, what's her face? Um uh, Brett Butler. Brett Butler, who wasn't actually a mother in real life, but when we were doing stand up out of the clubs in New York, like there was nobody. Yeah, there was but that me was a and- good idea. You created this kind of persona, and it was sort of. I didn't of have t- a choice. <laughs> well, yeah, right, yeah, because it it's was kind of who it, I was. Yeah, it's not like it wasn't accurate, but that helped the case. Absolutely, branding, were, which, but- as we know now, we didn't know then. Yeah. Branding now is everything, but it it made me singular. And I yeah. remember working in the clubs there when you know Lucian or whoever was saying. Uh, Lou Ferrando was like, you know, well, you got to, you know, work these clubs. If you're out on the road, we can't put you on here. And I'm like, but that's where I'm developing that voice. Because in the rest of the country, I remember in New York, I called them um, uh, barren something or other. They were barren bitches with white furniture from Conrad's. Like nobody was living a life with shit ton of kids in Jersey. So I, I guess it was specific to who I was. But in terms of moving things forward and like always creating the next step, I think I always did that out of necessity. Like I never felt like this is this is what I can rely on. People will write a script or write a movie and they will 
have the luxury because they're single and they don't have those kids to sit with it for a year and really hone it and make it perfect. I don't have time for that. Mm-hmm. I'm like, okay, that's good. We broke the story. Let's write it. Uh, blah, 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 blah. Now let's get out there and pitch it and sell it. Let's, let, oh, everybody's doing reality. Let me pitch and sell a reality TV show. By the way, I have 20 or 30 that I've created templates for, treatments for that didn't sell. And a few that I... Yeah that I pitched and other people are now doing and I have to sue them. Well, let's talk but, about that because I know you do, yeah, I know you do that a lot with the, um, you know, there's all kinds, there's, there's a lot of creating this sort of idea or this kind of show or that kind of thing. That you, can hurt you too because well, yeah, it's like you a get little, diluted. Little spaghetti against the wall maybe kind of thing. Do you feel like, no. do you feel like, do you have perhaps what would be a negative tendency to develop too far an idea that's not that great? I think this is what it is. Ideas and there's two different areas. There's there's script form, which is what I did when I first got here. I always wrote, but when I first got here, developing the half hours that I co-created and was the executive producer or not executive but producer on. Like what? Let's talk about a couple of those. Words. Um. Uh. What did they finally call it? I always something's got to give. Which no 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 that was the first name which I said you've got to change it because that was the name of Marilyn Monroe's last movie and she never finished it because she died and it's hard luck why don't you just call it Lisa walks under a ladder and sees a black cat uh, so I said so we that gotta... was the name of it yeah that was it <laughs> um, I think Lisa would have been catchy but they went with <laughs> my wildest dreams and oh, then yeah, the, yeah, the yeah, second okay. one that was Fox that was big five episodes and out but we had better numbers than any show ever that followed Married with Children ever. The problem was they had no writers in that studio at the time that they could put on as an EP. I went through three executive producers. You fo- your show followed Married with Children. I don't remember it did. that. It I did. That. And then they finally got somebody from Married with Children to that run it. Like that seems like it would have been a good, one. a good spot. And you were getting good numbers. What's the deal? What They had no writers. It was Columbia TriStar at the time. That now the um, John so they, oh, they just, Feldheimer, like- who runs Lionsgate, ran was the second. This is the weirdest thing. You guys, babies, listen up. I'm going to tell you the anatomy of a show when you go, wow, a working mom that's juggling home and career based on the voice I developed in my act that's a voice of an entire generation. Get that on TV, right? Mm -hmm. Three heads of a network at Fox. Lucy Salhaney, I don't even remember. It went through Bob Greenblatt. It was the last one. Somebody in the middle, I don't remember. This is through my one show development process in a year and a half. Three executive producers and two heads of a studio. Started with one guy who bought me came to see me at the comic strip, mm-hmm. walked up to me after my set and went, I want to put you on TV, let's go. Because I had done a showcase that yeah. Lou Ferrando put me on at uh, Catch Rising Star. And I got an offer and I said, I already promised somebody else that I would meet with them in California so I can't sign with you. This is what a good Catholic girl does. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Right? I'm like, I can't do a TV show with you. I promised someone else. Right. And uh, but I can blow you in the back uh-huh. room. Right. Just just as a sort of a calling card. And yes. Don't forget me. Right. Exactly. That's what you leave the at the door. It's like time. a leave behind. Right. So uh, another no, fine lesson for the for the babies. Let's yeah. call them. Okay, yes. Go ahead. I have a second lesson, which is you actually don't ever do that with heads of studios mm. or or networks, because there is no power in the. Can we curse on your podcast? Um. Oof. Yeah. What the fuck. There's no people believe in the power of pussy. There's mm-hmm. no power of pussy. There's only power in potential pussy. Once they get the pussy, the pussy is the curse. No, the pussy is the no no. Is pussy the is carrot. the curse word. You're saying can we curse? Yes. Yeah. Oh, okay. Oh, there's yeah. no power in, in pussy. It's only I power just, in potential. Well, pussy. Let's talk about curse words because pussy. I will in one minute. Let me finish I, this. Okay, Otherwise, go ahead. Yeah, see, this yeah. is part of my ADHD. Like I have to complete the I'm, thought, right. even if we have to follow the right. breadcrumbs. Complete through this the thought, and then we'll vault. take a little break, and then we'll come back. Go ahead. Take, okay. Go ahead. So, so you have 35 seconds. 
Okay, so the the thought was this guy said, come and do this TV show. I said, no. He actually talked to me at the club and I was talking to somebody who saw the show and was loving it. And, I'm a mom too. It's like you're inside my head. And I said to the guy who <laughs> ran the studio, excuse me, I can't hang on one second, and finished with the lady yeah. and told him to wait. But it was like this crazy melange of people. And then at the end, we had this show that was five episodes and they didn't have any other writers to put on it. The only other writer they had was running a Fran Drescher show. They couldn't hire, oh, you owed somebody to run it, you mean? Run it from the studio. So it went away. But what's his face? Uh, who runs Fox? What's his name? The big uh, rich like Australian. Thing. Murdoch. Rupert Murdoch. Uh, he loved the show. He wanted it to continue. Really? Anyhow, so we went through a couple of shows. That's an interesting thing. Yeah. And even- You didn't like Arrested Development. I know. He doesn't, you know what he said after we did the pilot of my show? My best friend was, uh, this before Will and Grace, remember, two, several years before, my best friend on the show was, uh, was a gay man, mm-hmm. John Benjamin Hickey, who's mm-hmm. a wonderful actor. Mm-hmm. And he said, we don't like being gay. We don't like gay. We, we don't want the gay guy. You know, America's not ready for that. Can he be black? And I went, yeah, because that's interchangeable. Yeah, it's the same thing. Right. Um, so it was, it was Miguel Nunez became my, my best friend. It was a very strange, mm. can she change jobs, all that kind of weird stuff. But um, even when I was doing that, I thought, you've got to still move forward and create other stuff. Because I never trusted that there was going to be a shelf life in being an actress. And it turns out I was right. Yeah, well, yeah, I never trusted there would be a shelf life in something where somebody can give you a note of, get rid of the gay guy and replace him with a black guy. Right, or if you ever sit through casting, by the way, those are your listeners that write and also perform, if you ever sit through one casting session and hear what people who make the decisions about your life say about you, you would, it would do one of two things. You would quit and never get in a room again, or you would be like, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter how well I do. It doesn't matter if I suck donkey dicks. It doesn't matter. It only matters whether they need another Latina on this network or Oh, somebody in the room went, she reminds me of my ex-wife. It's completely arbitrary. Oh, God. Well, on that note, we'll take a little break and we'll come right back with Lisa Ann Walter, okay? Say bye for now, Lisa. Bye. Welcome to Hollywood, everybody. Hope you brought your thick skin. But like I said, it's not all glitz and glam. And you've got to be as prepared for the rough parts of the business as you are for the massive paydays and never-ending accolades. Woo, sweet. I want to throw in a quick plug for upcoming episode number 35 with Mike Royce, executive producer of Enlisted on Fox. If you haven't yet seen Enlisted on Fox, it might have something to do with the fact that it has the choice time slot of Fridays at 9. Woof. But trust me, it's a good show. Worth checking out. Set your DVRs. Mike also wrote for Everybody Loves Raymond. He co-created Men of a Certain Age with Ray Romano, was the executive producer of Louis C.K.'s first HBO series, Lucky Louie. He knows what he's doing, and he shares it on Writer's Block. Coming to your ear holes Wednesday, April 2nd. Now let's return to my interview with the always upbeat Miss Lisa Ann Walter. All right, we're back. I have Lisa Ann Walter. Well, how's your book doing? How did your book do? The, behind, you the know what? It did well. Me. What's um, the full name the of it? The best funny. thing about my ass is that it's behind me, yeah, which is great. based on a title. joke that I did a bit about when I was growing up. And I can't remember the bit, so it won't be funny if I try to recreate it. But when I grew up, asses weren't in. We have the Kardashians. Actually, I, I actually- God, You were like, a, you were, you were a generation behind the ass movement. Yes. Behind the ass movement. Very ah, nice. Um, ah, look what I just Justin did. Justin Timberlake dating girls with badonk is what flipped it 
for white boys. When growing up in DC, the black guys always loved my ass. I remember Dave Lidonch Chappelle being a large ass. I'm yes. Sure. Okay. I remember doing a bit about my my ass back at Boston Comedy Club with Barry, and uh, Dave Chappelle walked up and went, "Girl, wear the big booty proud." And I'm like, "Yeah, but you're from DC and you're black. That's fine." But white girls weren't supposed to have ass back then. And I mean shelf ass. You know, I got a Sicilian bubble butt. Right. Okay. And uh, and it was a we'll, source we'll of shame. We'll tweet that as well. Thank you. All right. It was a source of shame. We'll, we'll, hashtag we'll that, Sicilian bubble we'll butt. We'll put that up on the website live streaming. Thank you. <laughs> and, and it does. <laughs> oh, good Lord. So uh, terrible. <laughs> terrible. My thought, we might be thinking of different things. Uh, you're right. Yeah. Um. So... My ass is live streaming. You make up your right. mind what so that I, means. So now I am. I, I wear the big booty proud, as Chappelle suggested. Uh-huh. But I had a bit about um, the best thing about my. I hate my ass. I always did. The best thing about my ass is that it's behind me, and I don't have to look at it all the time. Uh, which is and, uh, and and so it became this thing about self esteem. And when I pitched the book about it was post divorce, post self loathing. And I went, shit, this is like, all right, what I'm working with, number one. Right. And number two, it's never going to get any better. I should probably love it. And all the shit that we heap on ourselves as women, uh, um, that we find ways to self-loathe about, which was also kind of the basis of the the half hours, too. And I said, I should write a book. And Harper Collins agreed, and we did it. And I had a different title for the book. I wanted to call it I Hate Me, which I think is catchy. It's more depressing, though. That's, that's what they said. They said, I hate me right. was depressing and no woman would ever buy it. I'm listening. So uh, the best thing about my ass is that it's behind me became the book. And it got to number 12 in comedy on the New York Times bestseller list. So you never saw it on the on the top 10 list because it didn't break 12. But it was number 12. That's great. Thank you. Yeah. It's nice. actually, and it's and it's a good book. And I, you know where it's did finding. you write it all yourself? I, I did. Mean, yeah, you did. And speaking of the obsessive compulsive, mm-hmm. this is what I do. I decide I have to do something and then I fucking do it like until it's done. Like whether it's clean this closet out, my, I make everybody crazy. So when are you going to do that? As soon as you leave. Boom. Right. You tweet that one out. Look, it's all separated. My long gowns are over there. My sex toys are up on that shelf. Yeah. Um, not really. Oh, the one that's sagging? <laughs> uh, boom have one shooting and scoring <laughs> three pointer so um i don't need i don't need heavy equipment a i'm a short woman sex toy i'm a short woman too big hurts mm, yeah Put a I, donut on that thing i yeah, can't be let's talk about that's that. a cervix not a suggestion motherfucker right. back it up let's i think it's a different podcast it is right. um in any case <laughs> uh I, I sat down and wrote a third of that book in a weekend at the Hotel Dell because I had to, I had a you deadline. You went there to do this? I went down there because I loved it and I knew I could write it off on taxes and I wrote it, a third of the book. So t- like 20,000 words, mm-hmm. maybe something like five chapters. And uh, it was- Did you already have an outline? Oh God, yeah. I had all outlined, but just the writing, I, I just, once I start on something, half hour script I did recently- I just did a rewrite on it, and I did that in about four days. I just I sit down and I power through. Yeah, if you've got the if you've if you've got the time, I mean, you. Like- I don't. I have these kids, and literally, I do. I did this when I was doing the book, and I and I also had to do the rewrite on the book, the Christmas week between Christmas and New Year's, and I have four kids <laughs> because my vagina is a clown. But car. they're not all. Thank here. you. No, but all during Christmas week, they're all here. And I got to cook for them. And I got my mom visiting and I had presents and all that. And they were like, we need (coughs) the rewrite right now. 
on the book. And it was like from the beginning, all of this stuff I had to change. And I sat on my couch and I just Your screamed. editor was saying this or something? Yeah. yeah okay. The editor. And I said, everybody, and I literally yelled at the kids, shut up, like every five minutes. Merry Christmas. I know. Not fun. Mm. But so when I don't have to obsess like that, I, I took Topamax for a while to not be obsessive compulsive. So I wouldn't have to like find a T. I'm not an OCD because I don't have to like touch stuff. What is but I do Topamax? have a numbers thing. Topamax is this drug that makes you not be obsessive. They give it to people who have seizures, but then they found that it also <laughs> helped people that were like um, addicts of different kinds, like <laughs> drunks. They, they also give it to people who act like they're having a seizure. <laughs> right, like screaming at their kids. But I, it, it also made me lose 15 pounds, which was awesome. Wow. But I, I couldn't think of words. I like I anti- could not think of words. Oh, really? Yeah, like that thing you're sitting on, what's that? I, I couldn't, uh, which see, is hard for a writer. That's, well, no, that's not hard for everybody. That's terrible. Yeah, it was bad. It's I doing to something stop. to your head. Yeah, All so right. now I'm fat. Great. I love it. TV fat. Mm. You're topo maxed out. Yeah. Um, yes. So the, uh, uh, when the, but the book is like, was it at least a couple of years ago now? It's a couple of years ago. And now, um, which is sort of always was my intention, college girls have found it. Yeah, because so I have they, a bunch still, of chapters they, in there about the push it to the, certain people. Every yeah, once in a while the vagaries of of the beauty industrial complex yeah, and right. the images that they sell you and what is in style now won't be in style in five years and why are you hating yourself because it's just going to change. Right. And no, girls who found it because they a little were little bit of a the, it gets better message in there. Yeah, kind of, kind of. Although I hate messages, I just hate them. <laughs> so it's much more. I'll about, never leave one on your phone. Thank then. you. Here's the stupid crap I went through. And you will too, but this is how worthless it is. And let's laugh at it. And I've got a bunch of stuff in there that's kind of like uh, letters from a nut style, like letters to Eli Lilly, things they could develop to help us, like, you know, fat clamps. And just, it's just, you have to read it. It's crazy. I've read some of it. I haven't read the whole thing. Oh, did you? Yeah, I read some of it. Well, it's for girls. It was actually. Did you read the stuff about sex? Um, I read it when it squeamish. What's that? You're very squeamish. Oh, what do you mean squeamish? You are. You're very squeamish. Because I read, I read some of it when it when it first when it first came out. It was it popped up at the Daily Show on our, you know, and I and I grabbed it. That's how oh, I really? got it. Yeah. Oh, cool. I have it in my office, so I would sit and read things every once in a while. But this was a couple of years ago, and I forget things that are a couple of years. Ago. Read them out loud, and then quote them on the show, and then more people <coughs> will buy my book, and then I won't have to move into a one bedroom in Pacoima. Yeah, that's easier said than done. I know that's true. Um, anyhow, girls that were fans of the Parent Trap. Found the book because different people tweet about it. A or movie that you were in. A movie that I was in. I played the nanny in The Parent Trap, and it had a, a giant following of, you know, all those kids, that, those girls that were 11. They grew up on it. So if they hear me talking at the Target, mm-hmm. they, you know, recognize me. And they tweet about the book, and they, they say how oh, it's good for self-esteem, and they had an eating disorder, and then they read the book, and... Now they, I cure so people. Nice. I mean, that, I cure that, people it, that with it has, book. you know, so I'm, but the content of it has longevity, which is nice yeah. for, for like every generation of right. girls who feel bad about themselves for but the that's wrong every, reasons. That's every generation that's every of gen- girls. Every you have a daughter, year. you'll see. Uh, yeah. No. No, just, you guys have good self-esteem in your house though. You, you promote the right stuff. Yeah. We're, we're, we're overflowing with self-esteem. <laughs> okay. So you asked me before, do I feel like it's spaghetti on the wall? Kind of like you go down the road too far on ideas that aren't going to pan out. Here's the truth. Scripts are one thing. And my voice, I think is pretty specific. Um, and on stuff that I'm working on now that, that take the, the bulk of my attention, um, a feature script that I've been working on for many years, um, that preceded 
this big spate of chick buddy comedies. For years, I've been screaming about where are the comedies, the female-driven comedies that I grew up with that, that starred Whoopi and Goldie and Bet and and Dolly, and where are they? Are We don't have them. So we have a bunch of guys, you know, duding it up together, and they're like, but girls will go see the guys' stuff. It doesn't matter. I'm like, it matters. Hi, it matters to us. We would like to see ourselves reflected on screen, mm-hmm. which is why movies like My Big Fat Greek Wedding, which is arguably not the best movie ever made, it's funny and it's and it's great. And if Nia Vardalos didn't have Tom Hanks back in her, she would have never been the star. It would have been Michelle Pfeiffer as the hirsute Greek. You know, they always replace whatever person it should be with whatever bankable star they want to put in. But that movie was, for a very long time, number 50 on the scale of all-time moneymakers, including those huge franchise movies. Number 50. It is also number one in return, a percentage return on investment. For, for budget versus profit. Like ever? Yeah. Really? Really. Wow, that's crazy. Yeah, because it was like a movie was like 500000 It was crazy cheap. <clears> and it <throat> made a crap ton of money. So I was like, where are those movies? They did like First Wives Club and Never Again. So I started building one then. I got this incredible cast connected to it that agreed and people that I called that were friends and got on board Wait, with the it. the idea was what? That got on the the chick buddy comedy, just yeah. chick no, buddy. No, no, no. What, where'd you bring in the first wives club? What, what? I said movies like that that okay. star like okay. a group of women that aren't like whatever the hot young thing is paired with the guys. So just the idea of women. You're getting leading. to bridesmaids. Exactly. What you're getting to essentially getting to bridesmaids. But even before that, I was writing pieces, you know, op-ed pieces and sending them to the L.A. Times and viraling them out to my friends to send to each other. Women in the industry saying. Where are we? Shame on us. You people in charge, women in media, you're not doing anything. We're, funny is how we relate. Funny is how you send a message. You don't do it with didacticism on parade. You do it by going, look, see how we are in our behavior that's fucked up and weird? That's how you send it. Yeah, so, and well, particularly if if you hit a vein that uh, that, you know, a ton of other people can relate to. And now it's out not there, which is that, awesome. That, not that, not that, like to be successful, whatever you come up with has to be, you know, relatable by a, a lot of people. But a lot of times, to get something made, that has to be part of the pitch. That has to be part of the sell because the people that are paying the money want to be like, "How can I be guaranteed I'm going to get my money back?" Because that, there are going to be enough people that I know are going to go see this thing. With, which usually is based on exactly one thing, and that is the bankability of the people in it. There's yeah, like yeah, that that yeah. computation that they use for international sales. This is for feature specifically, where they say these people need to be in it in order for us to feel comfortable making this movie. And it's like a a logarithm. I mean, you can't. It's really hard to get around that, depending on whether you're doing it independent or not, and then try to get you know funding for independent. Yeah, That's right. difficult. But there are finders for that. I mean. You do the idea and you write what you know and you try to sell it. And then what they do in, in Los Angeles is is interesting. Um, so anyway, that was the feature and the TV show I'm doing is similar. It was an idea that I knew wasn't out there. They weren't doing. I wasn't seeing it on TV. And I, I knew that it had an audience. Just like I knew Dance Your Ass Off, which was my reality show, had an audience. Because there's a country full of women who are overweight or feel overweight and would like to be in shape. And working out is not fun. It involves the word work. And women love to dance. And I went, this is a no-brainer. Dance shows are huge. Weight loss shows are huge. I'm going to do a Reese's peanut butter cup and combine was them. Was that on the air? Two years. And I pitched it for five. <laughs> and it is. Wait, was it? The, the, dance your uh, ass off? Yeah. Yeah, Oxygen. <clears throat> it's sold. I've got 14 foreign format rights. And it's in, it's in mainland China. My show formatted to flip in. I'm the only person exporting to China. 
Yeah. And, <laughs> and 140 countries it aired in, our version. But yeah, it sold, it sold internationally. And I think when you know that something is right and, and it can sell, you just keep, you, I don't stop. I just don't stop pitch, pitching and selling. And right. hopefully the, the exact right confluence happens where you're at the right network or whatever at the right time. And they go, we were just talking about that at meeting because that changes. Every time they have a meeting, they go, they all get together and decide, not at once, but they decide. Like they just, all the reality people went to DC mm-hmm. and they go, nobody's doing hillbillies anymore. Um, we're all in Boston now. Uh, we're all in the swamp. Oh, swamp's kicked. We're all now, we're in Oregon. Like they all decide what the new area is. The space we're looking at right now is that they, how they love to talk. The space we're looking at right now is um, we love the idea of people with special needs doing something extraordinary. Do you have anything like that? And then they all decide what, to do the that. The space we're looking at right yeah, now? Yeah, that's what they say. The space we're looking at right now. <clears throat> well, we're, we want to do something in this space. We're not in the dating space anymore. Oh, God. Oh, no, it's horrifying. And so <laughs> when you say, do I do develop uh, ideas and then go, that's too much? That's why I have a grid of 30. Because literally anywhere you are, I go, well, what are you looking for? How about this? How about this? How about and they this? go, and you have we're your not doing the dating space right now. We okay, like to do great. competition. You say, I have this, I have this, yeah. I have this. How about so, these four? Right. Well, that makes that makes perfect sense. We'll take a little break and we'll come right back again into Lisa Ann Walter's closet. Which is our spinoff. It's the new name of the podcast. How many of you are unpacking your bags for L.A. right now? Show of hands. Also, how many of you actually just raised your hand? Show of feet. What difference does it make? I can't see you. I think you know that by now. Hey, are you guys familiar with Twitter? Have you heard about this? It's sweeping the nation. And Writer's Block is on it, at Writer's Block Pod. Follow us if you're not already. We have prize giveaways, which I'm totally making up. There are no prize giveaways. I can't stress that enough. But follow us anyway. And follow me, at J.R. Havlin. Follow Lisa, at Lisa Ann Walter. And definitely follow Crack Mayor Rob Ford, at T.O. Mayor Ford. He's like Honey Boo Boo, only much, much sadder. Time to get back to the nitty-gritty on producing and pitching. Thanks for sticking around. This is episode 34 of Writer's Block Podcast. My guest is the lovely Lisa Ann Walter. All right, now we were talking uh, about... uh, Pitching, um, selling. Well, yeah, just having... Obviously having more than one idea, but having like multiple ideas, the advantage of that being when you go in to pitch a certain thing, even if they've instructed you to come in to pitch that thing. Always they were, are very likely to turn on you and say, yeah, that's not what we want. What else do you have? Do you have, and then they might not even leave that door open to what else do you have? They'll say, do you have something like this? And you need to go into your Rolodex and pick out that idea and throw it at them. Well, being, being quick always helps. Listening to what they're saying always helps. Getting what they want first and then tailoring your pitch before it comes out of your mouth helps and never have a leave behind. That's exactly what it is in your head. Always say, Wait, we'll I, I, that, well, I don't know if okay. it was because you speak quickly, but I understood about okay. half of that. Okay, so you go in for a pitch and, and ostensibly to talk about one or two things, right? And they go, yeah, let's hear what you've got. And then you've got the things that you, you want to do first. Mm-hmm. But what you do is you, as a comic, you read the room, right? Yeah. A good pitch, a pitcher, will always read the room. You got to take pick up what they're laying down in terms of what their needs are. Because they just had a meeting. You don't know what the meeting is. But they just had a meeting with their higher-ups, and their higher-ups said this. Bring us ethnic. Get me this. We yeah. want all urban shows down. Right. Urban is selling. 
Okay. So you find out what they want first. Then you tailor the pitch that you've already got ready to reflect what it is they're asking for. And then you said, they go, do you have, do you have, that sounds great. Do you have anything on that? Can you send us treatment? Yeah. And we're going to send it through my people when we get home. Then you go home and you take the, the pitch that you were working on, sort of the, whatever it was that the you, one that the is bones. not exactly as you, as you present, you it. include the stuff that they talked about mm-hmm. and then you send that in Well, your people send it in. Now here's what you need to know. They, and that's awesome. All of that is great. Also, if nothing that you have is what the area that you're talking about, you get as close as possible to what they're saying, just incorporating some of the ideas. Like they say it's a dating show or they say they need a competition show. You take whatever it was that was yours and you put a competition element in it somewhere. And then you, you try to do it as best as possible. Simple is the best. The name sometimes sells it. Dance your ass off, like sold in the room mm-hmm. because of the name. Yeah. Um, then I brought them back uh, the derivation version of that, which was cook your ass off because I love to cook. So I wanted to do a show that was... It's like a series of books almost. Like, yeah. And, and well, I always thought of it as as yeah. that's the other thing. What are the ancillaries? Garden your ass off. Yeah. What are the ancillaries? <laughs> are you going to be able to sell a book on this? Is there a web series that you, can people go and get their go-to information on the web using this? You got your spinoffs ready. As exactly. It's, it's absolutely true, especially for reality right now. So I always want to do cook your ass off, walked in with it, with Roseanne Barr, with Roseanne Barr as my putative host potential put, she put, potative are you making words up? no maybe? i swear that's a word look it up potative yeah. and that means like potent yeah put, why not just say potential i don't know because the, the sounded it's potative it sounded smarter I could, I could <clears throat> no no i sound dumber so i walk in with roseanne who i i've my show followed her show on abc and she was always been very nice to me and uh she wanted executive produce and she wanted to come on to, on board you know and uh pitched it in a couple of different places and next thing you know, if you guys go and Google Cook Your Ass Off, mm-hmm. it is right now on HLN. I am not attached to it. HLN. HLN. Headline, which is, headline New? Isn't that, what is HLN? I don't think they know who they are. They're the, they're not, the network that had Joy I'm Behar's show on. Headline News. It is. What? It is. But they have other stuff too. And whoever was the, who, somebody at the network. Yeah. And they're both NBC Uni where I pitched with, you But know. you don't have anything to do with it. How no, but I, possible? and I WGA registered and copy wrote the name. So are you in the it's not trying trademarked. to get something out of it? Oh yeah. Yeah. Because here's the deal. And they will tell you this. Well, you have to find who the contact point person is that was maybe somewhere at your pitch or connected. I'm like, it's all NBC Uni. It's all connected. They own everything. HLN. They own HLN, the people when, that you pitched to. When you walk in with a pitch and you say it out loud, I'm not going to go into the stuff that makes me sound crazy, like where Celebrity Rehab came from, because it was me with Stella Stolper, who was at VH1 at the time that I pitched it at my kid's party with all the people they used and the guy who represented them. But they were like, "Mm, Dr. Drew, good idea. Do you have have video? No. Oh. And then my friend took it, and uh, they just got Dr. Drew, and- Cut me out. So the the moral of this story, oh, kiddies. Boy, that's terrible. The moral of this story is don't ever pitch to anybody. I don't care if they're your friend. Right. If you have video, that's better. If you have somebody signed, like life rights to, if it's a documentary, you got to get the life rights and you have to have it signed even if it's for a dollar. And otherwise you have to have like a paperwork connection with that talent involved. Um, and the other thing is know this. In- intellectual property counts for jack shit anywhere. Because there are so many production companies that are big and powerful that make it on by themselves. They don't really need you. So mm-hmm. they'll just take the idea. Thank you very much. Thanks for the pitch. Bye-bye. Right. And then you're cut out. 
Are so you that's trying what to get people out of the business? <laughs> You're trying to thin the herd kind of. here. <laughs> no, what I'm trying to say is that intellectual, for reality television, I, I can't tell you how many times a day people say, I've got a great idea for, for a reality series. Yeah. And I don't want to say, I guarantee you they already have the idea. It's just if they're selling to the right network at the time when they say this space, or you're connected to actual talent and you show up with tape going, look at this batshit crazy family. And they go, oh, yeah. And I'm serious, like on your iPhone, they you walk in. It, like, but even when you're at a party telling this like random idea to this woman, she's she's asking if you have video, like you're going to just whip out I'm your nodding phone yes. and be like. I'm nodding yes. Yeah, you are. And mm. that, that's a. Reality um, rehab, I called it. I have a brother who lives out in uh, in Modesto, California, and mm-hmm. he, he's always been a very funny guy. He's extremely crude, though, borderline racist kind of. <laughs> yeah, you know, it's, yeah, outrageous. You know, yeah, but mm-hmm. he, but he's really funny, and mm-hmm. he's you know he's just got uh, got a big huge personality. Mm-hmm. And I was asking, he's got a friend in his town that flips houses. I said, why don't you look into that? And we can get something going. Says, we'll on. both make some money. You'll right. have some stuff to do. I think right. you'd be really good at this. Right. You know, Everybody needs tape now. Nobody buys off a pitch on reality. Right. Right. But but and they're looking for outrageous people to do it or interesting right. And, and people. And then and then and then you combine that you with all it. the posters you see right. of like the Beverly Hillbillies thing that they yeah. got going, Los Angeles Hillbillies or whatever, right. and the fucking Duck Dynasty guys. Yeah. And it's like all you need is like an idea that's sort of playing out already right. and the most outrageous character that you can fucking right. bring to that. Well, you, it's even I, better if you get the next idea that they're all talking about. I mean, seriously, if you like, I right after this, yeah, right, right, right after we do this, I plan on calling my, my lawyer, <laughs> the big deal uh, legal firm that I have and finding out what they are doing, what they were all talking about at the sort of reality conference that they do in DC every year. And and what the next big thing is, but you're right, and it's attaching the bigger than life character. Well, the other yeah, and the other thing, but is that's like, not but, writing. But, I mean, that's not all of us when we talk about that and we think yeah, about but what that means is in a way, right? But, still, well, still even more importantly, process. even more importantly, executive producing a reality show is writing. They were absolutely right yeah, in the WGA anything when writing. the WGA was like on strike. By the way. Love that the WGA strikes and they have all the power because Hollywood is like, no, we need you. They absolutely are like, no, no, no. We don't want to sit behind with nerds in front of a computer all day and sometimes till two in the morning and finish something. We don't want to do that. You you guys are good. We'll, We'll make deals with you. Actors strike. They're like, yeah, it's okay. We'll get new ones. I mean, seriously, we are interchangeable sucks off the craft service table. Yeah. And I was sitting You've on both sides this. of the table for that. You've thought about oh, this. Oh, well, because like, I was a big time like proponent during the the last battle for SAG to, you know, you got to restructure the the residual deal because they were supposedly changing them from, from video to DVD. We're going to do it this way. It's going to, we don't know how much money we're going to make on this crazy DVD idea. We don't know. It might be people are going to rent them. We don't know. Oh, wait a minute. Webs. We don't know. There's no money. It's zero. We don't know how much money we can't pay you anything. So we don't know if we're going to make money. We can't, there's no way. And I went, pick me. I got my hand raised. Pick me. I know. Um, if you guys make any profit, we get X percentage. So let's negotiate but on that. We don't that. know how much profit it is because we, we don't know, know how much me, we put into me, the infrastructure me. of this but, thing. Right. You know, we don't know. Multi-tiered. What our, yeah. It's multi-tiered. Yeah, and right. they start throwing words out. Well, I heard a lot of that stuff during that. We're getting a little off topic Sorry. here. But no, that's all right. But um, let me finish this one sure. thing, though, because I um, this is an example of me, again, learning on my own you know, podcast and talking to people. And before you mentioned the video thing... I, because I, I was talking about that idea with my brother, I thought like, you know, yeah. this, I, I didn't want, I need to get him on tape. That's all you got to that, do. That's what I thought. Like, that's and the best I'm thing to do. And I'm telling you, JR, 
and and anybody who's listening and not even necessarily doing this, what you're what you want him to do on the show just get this dude's personality this character on tape, on tape. doing oh, whatever it's not it's not bad to do listen you don't have to set up anything expensive you don't have to get a, have a set or costumers or makeup or anything right. you take that guy and you have a meet with a realtor or you go on a computer and you look at a house and then you go to the house and you look at the house and have a walk around and say all the things he would do to it to fix it and how jacked up and ugly it is. You know, get some house that's like a reclamation project, you know, and then and then you get that on tape. Just him looking at the house. You See, don't that, need, and that's a good idea. And, th- th- you know, you, I mean, it's just, on an iPhone, you do not need you don't need yeah, a you do it on the iPhone. By the way, you can buy a, um, a Sony um 5d you can buy a decent camera at at costco and have a sound guy get a zoom like we were talking about you go yeah, with the right. zoom for better you do need decent sound because yeah, that's right. annoying yeah, yeah so yeah. just get a zoom it's a it's hundred bucks but Too once much. you <laughs> it's a hundred bucks you link it with your iphone on your laptop and you take that into anybody that you get a meeting with but you have to get that person unless it's a family member where they're not going to bone you you have to get them to sign something so that oh, you're yeah, connected right. yeah right right but um but that's what they need they're not looking for you to come in with treatments and this and that they want bigger than life characters doing something well if that's what we are talking about for reality television yeah, in particular for but, reality yeah. in particular but now what's let's for let's, just, let's wrap it we we don't have that much time left uh, but and i i want to close it out by just kind of talking more about like some scripted stuff that you're working on and sure. and uh, um and how, to you, on your end of things, that world uh, is different? Well, I, I mean, first of all, you feel safer, a little bit safer with stuff scri- that we're talking about. Absolutely. You know? And that's part of the reason why, I don't know, for me, scripted has always been it's easy to write dialogue and it's easy to write characters. And I've been, um, from my very first executive producer on, on my half hour shows, been told that I'm good at writing. Um, people hearing the voices and and transferring it onto the page, mm-hmm. and I think when you are an aware person, when when you are a comic or you're just a person who listens to the voices and has fun with character, that part's easy. Story structure is a pain in the ass. It's not that I can't do it; I don't like it. I always want to work with someone who's like, "Here's the template and outline. Now write those scenes." And that, that to comes me would into be... play during during pitches of of scripted stuff because. You can pitch an idea, but part of the pitch is then pitching at least five or six or however many stories that are going to happen off of this. Absolutely. And, 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 and almost like, okay, give me the ideas for the first six episodes. Right. And and if they can see that, and if you decide to write a pilot or a um, spec script or something just to try to get an agent or whatever, if you write something that includes you know, you could do it for off a show you love, but if you're writing a pilot, you just have to leave the open-ended, oh, I see where this is going. I want to see more. Mm-hmm. I want to see more. Oh, you teased me with that character. I want to see more. Yeah, right. So that they're already thinking, I want to see this happen and that happen. It's not even so much what you pitch. You can do that too. But in the script, you leave them, well, what's next with that? Are they going to do it? That. That's the secret. So, I mean, for me, what I'm doing in particular right now, it's they're both uh, the feature and the half hour, are both things that I love, absolutely love, and and so I go at it tooth and nail until it sells. The current ones that you're working on, mm-hmm. and that's you just keep doing it. You just keep looking for money on the feature if you're independent, and and signing up people that give you LOIs to be in your movie and make a nice executive summary. What did you say L- you said L- uh, letters of intent. Oh. To give you saying, yes, I will be in your movie. Okay, right. 
Um, so you can say. Also, you can shoot stuff. So and so is attached. This is yes. Here's another thing that's wonderful about our age, is that if you write something and you're really convinced that it's going to go and you love it, shoot it. Shoot it like shit, and then get have somebody money give you money to shoot it. Well, that, exactly right. You go shoot it. I mean, some of the stuff they're doing on Funny or Die is like real content, like they have real crew, and you know it looks like real stuff. Other stuff is just cobbled together. Yeah, you how can many shows scenes. are on like MTV or 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 Comedy Central where it's sort of like you you think like where did these people come from? And it's, that's where they it's, came from. It's based on their web series. For there was a time yeah. here in LA where what they were buying were people that. Went viral. Period. Yeah, right. I'm not telling you anything you don't know. No. Do you have any other questions? No. About no, I scripted? Don't. I don't. I want to wrap it up because we, we. I. I have to run. Um, you have stuff to do. I've had to pee for about 25 minutes. That never. That's helps. really why. See, and I came to the table. I sat down here after I. I performed all those duties. Right. 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 Step Y R. You said duty. <laughs> all right, girl. Thanks for having me. Thanks for. Uh, Welcome uh, to my closet. Up with me all these years. Yeah. This. I. This. I bet this is going to sound good. It's going to sound good. I like it. I wish I could come here every time and do it. It's a perfect setup. You're more than welcome. And I insist that in every podcast, you feature one of my crazy pairs of shoes. All right. Oh, let's take a picture of this one, too. Ugh, for God's sake, yes. We'll end on that. Uh, Lisa Ann Walter, thank you very much for coming or for being a guest on Writer's Block. I, Thanks I for love listening, you. everybody. I love you, J.R. Havlin. Oh, Lisa. And I'm very proud of you. Oh. You're a huge success, and I brag about you all the time. Wow, oh, that's sweet. That's You're on nice. an Emmy Award-winning show. You're an Emmy winner. Well, that's, yeah, I'm with a group of people who no. do a lot of things. No, I only look at you when all you right. accept. Say goodnight, Lisa. Goodnight, Lisa. Lisa Ann Walter, the one and only. Isn't she lovely? Anyway, this is where I usually put in an ending message, but I don't really have an ending message this time, so... You know, I don't know, but I didn't want you to think I stopped doing ending messages because I'll, I'll normally have an ending message, so don't give up on the ending message because they haven't ended. All right? Say goodnight, blockheads. <laughs>